shop. The nerve, the audacity. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Audacity Podcast. You know who it is. It's your boy, Marvin. I'm out here. And you know, Gabe is back as usual. What up, Gabe? <laughs> what up? We needed to come back for an emergency session. You know, someone's got kids, but the kids don't don't get any attention tonight. We need to talk about Dame and <laughs> a couple other topics. <laughs> it's important. You know it's big when it's just us two. Um, obviously, you can see Luke and Josh couldn't make it. Shout out to them. They're busy doing other stuff. But this right here, this is the season finale. We're going to take a little break until the NBA season starts. Um, it's been good talking to you all. Obviously, it's going to only be like a two, three-week break, nothing crazy. But we're going to keep it going, keep wrapping it up. But um, I just want to bring up the whole Damian Lillard situation. Um, I, was a, I was at work during it. I got a text from one of my buddies, and I was highly disappointed. Why? Because... You know, everybody thought Dame was going to go to Miami. And in my opinion, I would have rather him go to Miami because, of course, he would have been a threat. Miami is a great defensive team. I think they would have been the second best team in the East, obviously, behind the Boston Celtics. But right now, I think it's a serious debate on who the king of the East really is. Um, the pickup that they got, of course, they lost Drew Holiday. But their they're starting lineups looking serious. Their starting lineups looking very, very serious. Um, right now, they're saying their projected starting lineup would be Lillard, Pat um, Connington. Um, they say that Middleton would be their small forward, Giannis, their power forward, and Brooke Lopez, their center. And that's uh, that's a serious starting five. And honestly, their bench is looking good, too. Their bench is looking very good. They got Portis coming off the bench. They got Jackson Jr. coming off the bench. They got Malik Beasley off the bench. They got Crowder off the bench. They, they got a serious squad, very deep team. And you know, these guys were set champions beforehand. They beat the Suns, so Giannis does got one title under his belt. Dame is a winner. We know that he hasn't won the title. He's made it to the conference finals, but he's a winner. And I would say that this team is scary. I, you know me. I, I believe in the Cs. I still got the Cs winning in seven. I don't give a fuck. The Cs winning in seven. I, I, I'll say that till I die. But this team is a scary team. And I think I, I got to bring it up. I got to bring up 2K right now. I think this will be the best 2K team since the Miami 2012-2013 team. Hands down. Hey, what are your thoughts? I... I don't know if they'd be as good as that team in 2K because that team was crazy. But regardless, in real life, this is the issue. Like, the, the Bucks, I think they're the number one team right now. I think the East, they're officially – I think this is the biggest trade since James Harden went to the Nets because when James Harden went to the Nets, they were immediately the favorites like, to win the championship. Of course, it didn't work out because he left. But, I mean, even if James Harden would have stayed in the Nets that year, they actually probably would have been the favorites. They still may or may not have, would have won. But regardless, this team is the number one because – the Bucks are so good defensively. And when a good a team is that good defensively, that's also why they've been so good. Giannis has at times had nobody and still just taken over. When Middleton was hurt, taken over with it all the time. And it wasn't until now them losing to the Heat, which now everyone was just kind of discounting them. But it's like this team, I think, had like a 19-game winning streak at one point towards the end of the year. Like, you can't have a 19-game winning streak unless you have a very strong defense. They have... Brooke Lopez, which I think he was either the leader in blocks or I think he was second behind uh, uh, Jackson Jr. But arguably almost he's a defensive player of the year candidate. Then you have Giannis, who can basically be defensive player of the year every year because he can guard any position. He's ridiculously hard to score on. And then you had Drew Holiday, which, yes, you're losing a little bit on defense. But in my opinion, yeah, Drew Holiday is amazing. But Game Lillard is a legitimate superstar. 
And Lillard has never played with a real superstar, and neither has Giannis. Like, yes, LaMarcus Aldridge was great at that time, but he wasn't a superstar, like a clear-cut, just, whoa, oh my goodness, top 10 player in the league, superstar. And same thing with Giannis. Like, Giannis was playing with Middleton, and Middleton at his best with a 23-24 point game score. I do think that if Middleton is, and I don't think he will be, but if Middleton is in his prime at his best, the way he was two, three years ago, that team is a, is a serious problem. Because even then, like, Middleton was a better, not a better score than Giannis, but a better, like, pure score than Giannis. Like, a better, yeah. like, so it was so hard to defend the Bucks when you have Giannis and then someone like Middleton who can close out games or who can just hit shots from anywhere. Like, it was a scary matchup just them two. And Middleton is a, a number three, number number two, four on some teams. Like, the Middleton is, is Middleton, but he's not a superstar. He's not a number one option on really any team. And he basically was, at times, the number one option on the Bucks in many situations when Giannis got in foul trouble. So, overall, they're a, a high-quality team. I think it's different because the Celtics have a lot of firepower, but there's a lot of questions in terms of can the Celtics play together as a team? I have the same questions. I don't know because you have a lot of just random players like Porzingis and Tatum and Brown that have to develop, don't have the bubble. But like Giannis is an established superstar with court vision, with defense, with no flaw in his game aside from shooting and free throws. Like he's a legitimate superstar, arguably the best man in the league. I would, I would put him number two right behind Jokic. And then you have Damian Lillard. He's in the tail end of his prime. He had he scored the most points he's ever scored in his life last year. He had the highest field goal percentage of his life last year. Like he is a problem. Like this is in the the NBA game is so well suited for Lillard's game. Like he is everything Giannis is not. Everything that people complain about Giannis, that's exactly what Dame Lillard is—a sniper from anywhere on the court. A mini stuff can sh- just the shooting is just exactly what everyone says. So. I think it'll be a good flow. Lillard can play with anybody. It's like any anyone that that's the that's the foundation. Like Lillard can play with anyone. So yeah, I mean Lillard, Middleton. I mean even Malik Beasley. I mean Malik Beasley had a bad year last year when he went to the Lakers. But before that, this man can drop twenty points a game. He's in the he's coming off the bench. He's actually one of the I think he was a top five shooter in the league from three pointer. Like in terms of three pointers made, that's crazy to just have that off your bench. So I mean. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a, a tough team to beat specifically because of the defense that having Giannis and Lillard. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they, they definitely um, fixed all the weaknesses that they had. Um, when it comes to how they played last year, I feel like obviously they underachieved. People didn't expect the first seed to go down to an eight seed, even though the Miami Heat were obviously serious. They made it all the way to the finals, and I think they were probably the best eight seed top probably the best they might have been the best eight seed in nba history honestly i I could really chop it up to them i really think that they were that good um the the gain of dame lillard is just like you said dame is everything that Giannis isn't you know what i'm saying and and that's great literally dame's gonna bring it from the outside dame's gonna handle the ball take some pressure off of Giannis. that's gonna be one of the that's one of the best one-two punches that we've seen in a while. And the thing is, we all know Dame is not the greatest defender, but they're gonna be able to disguise that because that whole team plays great team defense. You know what I mean? So because they have that going for themselves, I think they're gonna obviously be able to compete with anybody. And I, I wouldn't be shocked and like I'm gonna predict this is not like a oh my goodness thing. I think that you'll see Vegas will side with them because Vegas always goes for the most hype team. Vegas is going to side. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yo, they, they are. <laughs> you see Vegas automatically. Oh, yo, they're going to win. You know what I mean? And it makes sense. It's the hype and the hype that you, you, you have a chance. You could either live up to the hype or fall flat. 
and the pressure is on. The Bucks have never had pressure. They've never really been expected to win, even after they won the championship. People weren't saying, oh, you got to get one. Now Dame's living with the pressure. Dame's going to have to come correct because nobody expected him to win in Portland. You know what I mean? People were talking about him running away from the grind technically because no one had any expectations for him. But now that he's really on a team that you can consider, you can really consider this team a super team. You can consider yeah. it. You know what I mean? In my, in my opinion, I think it falls in that category because I think Middleton's an all-star, Dame's an all-star, and Giannis is an all-star. You got three all-star players. Once you get that, yeah, you could call yourself a super team. And they have the role players that are perfect because Lord knows Brooke Lopez is going to be doing his thing because Brooke Lopez has been fire on the inside and hitting threes like crazy. And Pat Connington is one of the great role players you can have because he does everything you need to, three and D. And that's all they really need. Get him in the corner, boom, pow. That is a solid team. Like I yeah. said, I keep bringing up the Celtics. I will say this with my chest. They put no fear in my heart. I'm, I'm just joking. Yeah, there's a little bit of fear. <laughs> I'd be a madman if there wasn't some. I was, I was a little annoyed. I was like, damn. But don't be surprised if they don't end up succeeding as much as people expect. Because the most important thing that they really do have to grasp is chemistry. And Dame's playing style is... It's it's an interesting playing style, you know. What I mean, it's, there's a reason why it's called Logo Lillard. Um, that's not really the Bucks playing style. Yeah, he's going to integrate that, but let's see what's up. Will that work out? Is Giannis going to get enough touches? Is Dame going to get enough touches? Most importantly, is Middleton going to get enough touches? That's the big thing because they're going to have to incorporate all these guys in order for them to really be able to blossom and ball out. But right now, I would say, um, in no particular order. Excuse me, but in no particular order, I would say Bucks, Nuggets, Celtics. I want I'm I'm gonna toss them in there. I know some people are gonna say, eh, I don't know. Heat and I I don't know who I would have as the fifth team. I'm I'm gonna actually say I know some people are gonna be like, eh, I'm 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 gonna say 76ers. I think those are the five top five teams in the league. I think those teams are the teams to beat in the league. And I think the East is looking very strong right now. Very strong. Probably stronger than the West. Because, you see, I think I didn't even one West team. Only one. So that's I mean, saying a lot. Wow. Like, I, just, I didn't even think of, like, who's the best team in the West? It's like, Nuggets. I mean, but other than I the mean, Nuggets, I, I'm sorry. After, I mean, so... So you didn't even mention Suns, which is interesting. They just got Nurkic in this trade, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think, no, no, I'm I sleeping think on the Suns. But boot out the 76. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put the Heat in the top five. I mean, they lost Gabe Vincent. Not that Gabe Vincent is like, oh, my goodness. But I think that – I still think that the Heat were a product of their environment. They were incredible last year. But they were not they, – they overperformed. I mean, and they deserved it. They, they did it. I think during the Celtics, they just deserved it. But during the Bucks, it wasn't a smooth way to win. But at the same time, that's the nature of the NBA. Look, look at Kawhi Leonard. Like when Kawhi Leonard won with Kyle Lowry, like it wasn't a smooth victory. That was the year that Kevin Durant was in the Warriors. He just happened to get hurt. So like things are never smooth. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. So the Heat, I guess, do deserve it. But I this year, I hate to be that guy as well to say it again, again, and again, every year, even after the Heat do what they do and not put them in the top five. But I can't put the Heat in the top five. The thing with the Bucks is, yes, I think the Bucks at times, I mean, the, the Lillard at times takes bad shots. Like, that's just a fact. And, yeah, he shot 
46.3%, which is really good for a guard. Like, if you're a guard shooting over 45% with the high volume of shots, that's pretty good. But this is akin to Kobe and Shaq. Like, Lillard and, and Giannis is akin to Kobe and Shaq. You put Giannis as a big man, which, I mean, people consider him kind of like a big man slash because he's so fast and he's skinny and he's not yeah. like a bulk. But he is really is a big man. And this is Kobe and Shaq. The difference is that I think in this era, it's harder to dominate. The other era was different because it was left three-point shooting. But in this era, you can lose to an OKC Thunder randomly. You can lose to really any team because if a team gets hot from three, I mean, even when the Heat started their run, that first series against the Bucks, they were shooting like something like, like over 60% from three. It was ridiculous. Like, I think it was Caleb Martin, uh, Gabe Vincent. All these players were shooting ridiculous. Max Schroes, all of them shooting ridiculous amounts from three. So, like, that's why it's hard to be as dominant as Kobe and Shaq were winning three championships. So, like, are they going to be that dominant? Dominant? I don't believe so. I do not believe they'll have the dominance of Kobe and Shaq, even if talent-wise they're almost, basically almost there, honestly. And even they might be even better because, like, on paper, because then they don't just have role players. They have Chris Middleton, another top-tier scorer and all this. But I, Chris Middleton doesn't strike me as the type of guy who has an ego problem. I think he'll be okay being third, fourth fiddle at times. That's okay. I think it's okay if he's dropping 16 points a game that – he actually might even be more comfortable in that role, given that he's going to always have one-on-one opportunities. He will never be double-teamed ever, ever again. <laughs> He'll be double-teamed. And he's going to have space to work. He's coming off of injury, injury that people have been saying he's been doing better. But I think it'll give him some space to just be what he can be and do what his thing and be a, a maybe close to 50% shooter from the field and 40% a three-point shooter, 90% field goal. Like, that's who Chris Middleton can be. Like So if he can be that, and Chris Middleton is a perfect kind of like six foot six, six foot seven wing who could defend and score. Like this team is serious. So we'll see. I mean, they're in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I mean, is a kind of like a dead city. Nobody wants to go to Milwaukee. It's cold. So it's kind of cool to see a small market town have this much talent. Look at James Harden and Joel Embiid. Like they're like people talk always about hey, having like a, a superstar guard and a superstar big man, and, and the Bucks have that. And why didn't it work with with uh, Harden and Embiid because they weren't two-way players, both of them. Like, this is their... Not that Lillard is a, a great defender, but I feel like he has that tenacity that he brings a team up in both ends. But anyways, I think the number one team, I love Boston, but yeah, I think I, I kind of got to bring him down to number three. So I, I agree with your top three, but I would say number four is the Suns. Nurkic is a plus, I think, versus Aiden just because of the attitude. Like, Nurkic is kind of... is slow, but he... he I think he, he can play winning basketball. He played with Lillard for a long time. So I like Nurkic. And... Number five, I might put the Lakers in there, actually, which is crazy to think. I might put the Lakers as number five. Like, I think that Lakers, I, I, I kind of double back, but I, I do like the Lakers right now. So that's my top five right now. Yeah, so the, the Lakers, I probably have, um, they, they'd be in my top ten, but they'd be probably like eight or something. But the, the only reason why, obviously, Braun is Braun. It all comes down to AD. It all depends on if AD's healthy. He's he's the one who's really going to carry them to the heights that they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? If if he can perform, um, what is it? LeBron can perform. They will always have a fighting chance. But the way that Denver whacks that ass is like, um, but they're different. I mean? That's not the same team they used to be. Honestly, they have more experience and they have much more weapons now with all the additions they did. I don't know, man. It, it's it, for every for everybody in the league is going to be tough to beat Denver. Yes, it's gonna be tough. I, I I say this. They're they're my favorite right now to make it back, even with the Suns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're my favorite to make it 100%. back to the finals. 
but I one thing that I do want to touch on um before we get out, I do want to just have a, a talk about this. I want to talk about um what ended up happening with Kevin Porter, Kevin Porter Jr. of the Houston Rockets. So currently right now, the Houston Rockets are working to trade Kevin Porter Jr. in the wake of the charges of a felony assault um, and strangulation due to an attack on his girlfriend, um, Kaiser, and I'm going to probably butcher her last name, but Kondrasik. Um, she is a WNBA player. So this is a major thing that has just happened. A major thing that has happened because she is associated to the league and also because Kevin Porter has been in some trouble. Um, he was actually traded from the Cavs because they were forced to give him up because he went he, he went in a disagreement with the team in itself. That's what landed him in the on the Rockets. And the Rockets had sent him over to the G League. And then he dominated in the G League, came back, and is probably, I would say, um, he he had the second brightest future when it came to the Rockets. I think he, he was going to become a superstar or a star in the league. Um, but after what he has just done, I think it's possible that his career could actually be over. I think there's a high possibility of that happening. Um, I know him and Jalen Green, they were going to be the future, and they got Eamon Thomas, and they also got Fred Van Fleet. So they could have even made some noise this year. But after what he just did, I don't I don't think he's going to get uh, – I don't know. I think they were I, never going to make gonna noise be, this year. They I, were never going to make noise this year. But I, I think they would have made – when I say they're going to make noise, I don't think they were going to – make the playoffs, but I mean, like, like, you know, how OKC made some noise last year, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. something like that, you know, like a little bit of noise, uh, just because I said, what is it? Three years down the line, even now, even without him, I think like three, four years down the line, there's still a team to, to like watch for, you know what I mean? But him having all of this happen, it's tough. I did hear some reports that she said she's denying it, saying that nothing happened. Cause um, it's the typical stuff. You know what I mean? When people get abused, they start, you know, they, they fall in love with their abusers, the typical stuff. If you know, like any type of psychology thing is very common. Um, I was highly disappointed when I saw it. I, I wish the man well. I hope that he does get better. I hope that the NBA does give him some type of suspension because um, I think he does need to have a lesson on this. And he needs to watch himself because he may never get a job again. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, like same thing happened with, um, what is it, Bridges for the Hornets. And he's back. So... I think it's a bigger I, I deal think, because she's a WNBA woman. But go ahead, dude. I, 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 the, the crazy part about it is that even with what happened with Bridges, like I don't even remember exactly what happened because there wasn't as much noise behind it. It kind of just happened, and like he wasn't as big of it wasn't as big of a thing. Like this is much bigger. Maybe it was because of the WNBA thing. I don't know. But based on my understanding, like, I think he will never be in the NBA again. I think he will never play another game for the NBA. I think he he will like not ever. It's sad, but I, I think that's gonna be the case. Even Stephen A. Smith is saying, and all these all these commentators are saying that RB siding before a verdict has been reached. But yeah, based on what I heard, like I don't think he's ever playing. Which is sad. I mean, if he did what he did, I, I definitely would understand that. Yeah. Um, back to the Rockets. I I just I just that that comment kind of I, I couldn't I can't let it go, Marvin. I think the Rockets were going to be bad for a very long time, even with these. I just I don't believe in them. This, even this addition, that I've been saying it, Fred Van Vliet is one of the most inefficient point guards in terms of shooting-wise. He's a great point guard in terms of, uh, you know, assist turnover ratio, controlling the game, doing that kind of thing. But he takes really bad shots over the last couple of years. He's not the same as he used to be in terms of, like, because he, he's not supposed to have the ball in his hands shooting all the time. Like, he should be a little more – he should be dropping, like, 16 points a game. He shouldn't be dropping 21 points a game. Like, that's not what he's there – what he should be doing at the NBA to be to play with in basketball. Then you got Dylan Brooks, one of the more most inefficient offensive guards ever. 
I can't believe what he did to the United States. Uh, so you at Team USA, but anyways, in, in the real NBA, Dylan Brooks is not it offensively. And then you got two young dudes who, yeah, Jalen Green is is the. I think he just has it. Kevin Porter could have, but I, I just don't believe in them. Sangoon, I mean, whatever. But regardless, yeah, I mean, it's pretty sad what happened with uh, Kevin Porter. But yeah, Rockets have no future, in my opinion. Yeah, for for a little while. Don't go on my man Fred Van Fleet like that. I I, I disagree <laughs> highly on that. I, I I wouldn't say they don't have a future, but I respect your opinion because it, it it wasn't looking good presently. But you know how it is. You suffer now, then you do good later. But it is what it is. But we touched base on a couple things. We, this is a shorter episode. Obviously, we don't have our other guys. So, um, but in about two three weeks, we'll be back. The NBA season's coming, and I'm really really excited. And we're gonna have a lot for you, a lot of good stuff for you. But yeah, you know you know the stuff. Like, share, subscribe. You know it's the Audacity Podcast. It's Marvin out here. I'm out of here. Gabe, say your piece. What you got to say to the peoples? <laughs> hey, listen, NBA is a beautiful thing. Love love the game of basketball, and let's keep going. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for rocking with us. We love the fact that you mess with us and we're, we're going to keep giving you more content. All right. Peace out.